Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. Welcome to Atlanta Baseball Talk, show number 492. Today is Thursday, October 8th, 2020, and my name is Steve. I'm joined by both Hammy and Curtis, and folks, please help out the show by telling your friends, sharing links, and writing reviews. If you do, the Dodgers-Padres series goes five. Oh, just Which also, there's, just, there's no way. Let it go three and a half. Yeah, seriously, at least Padres win tonight. Let's, you know, tire folks out a little bit. We're going to get the best the Dodgers got to throw at us. Yep, it's true. It's coming. Yep. All right, folks, in tonight's tonight's show, it is Game 3, Sweep Edition against the Marlins. (laughs) And we will break it all down, but first, a quick break. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So guys, it, it actually happened. It happened. <laughs> so good. NLCS. Uh, I felt like our past two shows have been subdued a little bit. I mean, I know we've been pumped, but just the sort of throaty celebration at the beginning. Um, and I guess deservedly so, right? We hadn't won anything, but uh, I feel we deserve to let loose and pour champagne on ourselves, as it were. Well, you know, it's so. interesting. I was kind of thinking about that, too, Ham. There was something about the Red Series. One, you know, the pitching was scarier, and Game 1 was so fraught and tense, and we actually made it through, and that felt like, you know, it broke a lot of bad juju and all that stuff. There wasn't a ton of drama in this series, really. Maybe Game 1. Okay, you know. but certainly once we got past Game 1. Sure, sure, and even just not even all of Game 1, right? Yeah, you're right, you're right. Once we sort of took the lead that we needed to take and we're always going to take it was obvious it was over yeah and so good like we all i think predicted that we would win in four right we thought the kyle Wright, the kyle Wright game game three would be the one that we would drop and how I actually thought the anderson start for the record sorry i'm sorry i thought it would be the anderson oh that's start right yeah yeah that record. was that was silly I, hammy i was all in on kyle Wright. Not dumb. It was all in on Kyle Wright. Not dumb. <laughs> um, but think about how good this is for the team, right? Darno gets a rest after starting every game. They didn't have to dip into whatever Frankenstein bullpen pitching configuration we were going to get from for Game 4. No Max Freed on short rest in Game 5. Acuna's wrist gets more rest. 
none of, right back to what we talked about last night, none of O'Day, Matzik, Smith, Melanson, the guys who had gone um, two days in a row, had to get a third day in. They get three more days of rest. I mean, what a perfect, perfect day this was. Yeah, the series could not have played out better. And you get work for guys that have sat, like Minter and Green. Um, Jacob Green. Webb. Webb Jacob looked Webb. great. Minter yeah. looked amazing. Green, you know, was better, right? He had been a little shaky. Uh, Green was better. Yeah, Curtis, totally. For him to be able to touch the guys that he was sort of saving and to even and to come in in really low pressure situations, frankly, but still not, you know, still pitch not like they had a seven run lead. Just well, they got this thing going now, right? Don't you think they got this thing going in the bullpen where they have this scoreless inning streak? I mean, I guess since game, well, I guess whatever. Martin Smith gave up one, never mind, or Martin gave up one, didn't he? But there, but regardless, well, right? I mean, the eighth inning of game one against the Marlins that was the last run scored, right? But the bullpen, just as much as the starting pitching, right, has been – I mean, Freed has been the one who gave up the most runs. The bullpen has been lights out, and so they don't want – you know. Yeah, they don't want to be they, that guy that they starts don't want to giving be that up guy runs. And they, you know, they – I mean, I think they really are, as a unit, are going to be a force, right? That's, that they're riding this sort of momentum. Yeah. And they've got really clearly defined roles now, um, you know. Seven, it'll be eight, tougher. Nine, it'll six, be tougher seven, to eight, keep nine. those in the in a seven game series. Sure. Which is, I you know, I, I maybe I clearly didn't know until I was listening today. It is idiotic that they are going to have seven straight days. Totally. Why? I What's could have sworn. Point? I could have sworn that it was these first two series, but then with the NLCS, then it stopped the madness. Well, the why is because they added another series and more games, and they all want to finish early and not. You know, I don't know. But I mean, they're compete. playing in in Dallas and San Diego, right? I mean, that's where the CS right, is right. It's be the Rangers playing. Stadium. So it's, and, it's not yeah. like they're playing in Minnesota and mm-hmm. Chicago or something. And maybe it had to do with the broadcast partners. I don't know. No, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't make a ton of sense. At it least, certainly doesn't favor us. No, no, it does not. But, I mean, look, and we'll talk about this more uh, after we walk through the game, but, you know, it was the pitching that carried the day in both series. It's crazy. All right, guys. Yeah. So look, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's jaw-dropping, right? Well, it's histo- I mean, you know, it's no hyperbole that it's, they put up historic numbers, and we'll get into some of that, too. But, I mean, this is like record book stuff. Yeah, and you're and you're reading, you know, the headlines about it. These three, right? And you're and if you had been able to see that headline, you know, at the beginning of the season, or even you know, as we go into spring training before any of this happened, you'd be like, "That's amazing. Our pitchers are amazing." But then to see that it was Freed, Anderson, and Wright who were the ones who did it is just, it's stunning. Right, and Matzik getting coming back from the yips, and Minter having you know getting a second life. Um. Yeah, man. Unbelievable. That, you know, I'm not even trying to be funny that Luke Jackson had nothing to do with it. Yes. Right. Who was such a big piece last year, though. You would think, you know, he'd be a part of this. He's not even on the roster. Because we don't need him. Right. I mean, because yeah. we're good without all of his shakiness. Yeah. You know, he had a lot of upside, but his downside we don't have to live with anymore. Unbelievable. Yep. Um, 
All right, guys, so let's walk through the game, and we start at the top of the first. Of course, the Braves are the visiting team now in Game 3. So it was it went by in a flash because Acuna first pitch fly to center, Freddie second pitch ground ball, Ozuna second pitch fly to deep center. Five pitches, about two and a half minutes, and the top of the first is over. Not voting well for the Braves. Yeah, right, right. At 500 miles an hour. 500, but at least they didn't strike out. That is true. And yeah, I mean, pumping 99 and 100 um, was 6-0. Right, so bottom of the first, strikeout, a single on a on a fastball that's not high enough. You know, they're trying to get sort of a, above his bat level and could not. Um, you know, Aguilar hits a ground ball up the middle. It's first and second. And then a strikeout of Dickerson and a ground ball and Wright gets out of what's, you know, a couple of um, innings with a lot of traffic on the base paths. But, you know, I mean, Ham, I, I, I'll take the words out of your mouth, right? This is some of the pattern we've seen with Anderson and Wright. Yep. Um, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> so top two Darno singles, of course, Ozzy walks, Dansby walks. So all of a sudden we start to see Sixto does not have great command today. Yeah. Which I was not unhappy to see, by the way, if you're keeping score. Um, Duval strikes out, seemed somewhat predictable. Um, and then the Dickerson play. So Marcakis hits a sinking liner, really a great um, hit. I'm sure that it's going to find ground. And Dickerson makes a diving catch, catches it really like half an inch off the turf. And also, um, um, right, this is, Darno is on third. Yeah, but like pops up fast enough and gets the ball in to hold the runner at third. Yeah. And, well, you know, Darno didn't go back to tag. I mean, right, was, right. I mean, Darno did not play it as well. Think he was well. going to catch it, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was watching on TV and the broadcast guys were like, look, that's one of the toughest kind of balls um, at that trajectory and at that height for a guy on third to read, my wife was uh, running errands and listening to the Braves broadcast, and they gave Darno a really hard time. Um, said he absolutely should have tagged up and gotten home. Um, you know, and that felt like, uh, uh-oh, big opportunity here, and we managed, you know, not to not to score. Because right. Riley then um, grounds out, and Sixto gets out of it. Well, the first sort of mental mistake that we have seen from the Braves, frankly, this postseason. I mean, they, they just have not allowed themselves to uh, beat themselves, you know? None, no one forced errors. I, 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 There's been a couple, right? Riley missed through one to first. Dansby had one. But yes, Kurt, to your point, it's been very, very little um, unforced errors. And making the good plays when they needed to make the good plays, like yeah. Marcakis and that throw to Dansby yesterday. Yeah, and but I wasn't worried at this point because I'm like, it's the second inning and we've we're already to six zero. So he got out, but this isn't like that thing of like member. Oh, they, we left him on in the second inning. I'm like, we have this dude's number, and they, and they they can't afford to start bringing in relievers in the fourth inning. That's not the how this team is built. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so bottom of the second, right. And after those missed opportunities, I'm all like, all right, Kyle, you got to come out here and go one, two, three. 
and just get, you know, get the offense back on the field. And he, you know, he leads off with a walk on what should have been a called strike, but he, he walks, he walks Chisholm, um, a guy getting his, uh, you know, the second baseman getting his, his postseason debut, by the way, but follows that up. Have a hit. What's that? Who's, who has yet to have a hit or didn't have a hit today, right? Walks uh, I want to say he did something later in the game. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, he, he had the double off of green. No, yeah, that's right. No, oh, but right. that was later at this point. At this yeah. point, correct. Um, so after the walk to Chisholm, two ground balls, uh, Chisholm's at third, and then a strikeout to end the game or to end the inning. Huge recovery after that leadoff walk. And then we get to the third, and Sixto continues to not find the strike zone. I mean, it's just a beautiful start to the inning. Lead-off walk to Acuna. He steals second. And then the madness. Let's just talk about the madness of the replays for a second. So they, you know, it's a close play at second, and there's a replay on if Acuna, Acuna's called safe. Do You know, they want to, there's a replay to see if he's out. He, the, the call stands. Right, he Acuna stole on the first pitch of Freddie's at bat, and we're about to get back to play, and then all of a sudden you see Freddie talking to the ump, and he's like, you know, pointing and you know, like saying what and what, and clearly Freddie's like, wait a minute, what's the count? So it says zero and one up on the jumbotron in the um, in the stadium. They go yeah. back to the tape and show that the ump never made a call. I mean, his arms never leave his sides. And not to mention that the pitch is a ball, like it's not in the strike zone. So they literally have to go back to New York to watch that. I mean, talk about the umps like you had one job. Yeah. Nuts. Insane. Yeah. Insane. And, a, and this really, really long break in the action, which surely doesn't help Sixto, you know, who can't find the, the strike zone anyway. And this is out there. I got to say... The umps have been horrible all season all in a way season. that's been noticeable. And it's like, is it due to the strange circumstances? Like, or is, is something changed? But it seems they're just horrible, especially to the balls and strikes are horrible. The ball, the, the, yeah, the, the, the calls at home plate are terrible. I saw someone posit that, you know, a bunch of umps opted out and maybe some of the better ones opted out. Huh. I don't, I don't know if there's any validity to that, but. So, that might make sense, though. Sure. So play resumes, and we talked about Freddie was going to um, bounce back this game, and that played out. Freddie singles, Ozuna singles, Darno, of course, doubles. Um, on you know, right. So that was an interesting at bat for a couple of things. One, um, Sixto no longer is throwing a hundred. That that ball that Darno hit is at ninety five, and it is so far out of the strike zone it's the <laughs> highest it, it is the most elevated pitch darno has hit in his career at four foot yeah, wow um what's that wow no just wow yeah yeah i mean yeah. nuts right um ozzy fly ball which moves darno to third uh our first sack fly i think of the last decade certainly of the postseason <laughs> um but I mean, Dansby actually hit a sack fly. Duvall strikes out to end the inning. Um, but you know, we've got a lead. We were up four zip uh, in the middle of the third. Game over for sure. I mean, we talked about um, 
how big a one run might seem for the Marlins with, you know, a, a, our pitchers looking like they're looking four runs. Just they had to just feel like the season's over there. I know? agree. Yeah. Um, and certainly after the bottom of the third, right, where again, OK, you got to lead Kyle, go out there and just mow them down. And the, you know, this half inning starts with a first pitch hit by pitch and then a seeing eye single. It's first and second to be followed by Aguilar strikeout, Anderson strikeout, a walk to Cooper. Now your base is loaded. Chisholm grounds out to Ozzy. Kyle is out of it. And, you know, between the runs in the top of the inning and getting out of that bases loaded mess in the bottom of the inning, the game is really over at this point. Particularly with what we see from Kyle Wright the next three innings. Um, You know, so top of the fourth, Sixto is gone. Rogers is in. Uh, Two quick outs. Acuna walks. Freddie doubles. Although, actually, I think because of the bobble in in center, he was it was actually a single single. advance on the air. Yeah. But another great, well-struck ball for Freddie into a gap. It is 5-0. Right. And, and Acuna walks. Yeah. It's not a strikeout, right? I mean, Acuna two, walks. This is two walks today. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. walks today. Absolutely. Yep. Bottom of the fourth, and Wright is settling down. He goes one, two, three, and looks really strong. Let's talk about Wright for a second. So the curveball was really good. The slider was really good. The fastball when he needed it. He threw his change up some. I mean, he was really effective, you know, and again, sort of mature beyond their years. He bends but doesn't break, doesn't get rattled by the moment and rebounds. I mean, he's stronger in the last three innings than he is in the first three innings. And that is just amazing with all the traffic he had on the base paths in the first three. You know who deserves a lot of credit for that, I think, is Darno. I think Darno. I mean, obviously, offensively had the series of his life but all the accolades that we talked about these young pitchers same guy behind the plate for all of them right yep. yeah getting free even though free didn't wasn't at his best right got us to where we needed to with that one and obviously catching all those guys out of the pen keeping anderson calm and you just in today particularly you saw it in all those situations he was just like Wright's biggest fan you know he was just like way to go good pit every pitch he was encouraging him um i mean he deserves a ton of credit for the success of those guys. A thousand percent. I mean, yeah. calling those games and getting those results. I mean, he's part of the partnership, right? Those guys have to execute, but he is, you know, he's the director out there. Right. And, it's, you know, sometimes it's not so much the craftiness of which pitch and when to call the pitch. You know, I mean, sometimes that's coming from the dugout or something. It's just being there and being a calming force or an encouraging force. And I think he had both of that, right? He called amazing games throughout. Yeah, you can't imagine that any of those guys, even free, the most experienced in quotation marks, that they're they're they they weren't shaking off anything. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, something else dawned about dawned on me about um Darno behind the plate today. And we talked about it all season. We love the whole like after a great pitch, you know, pointing his glove at the pitcher, good job kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that I think that a lot of that is truly encouragement, right? Not only, hey, you hit your spot or, hey, we're setting them up. Well, you know, like you're executing. But I think on some of them, it is sort of putting pressure on the ump before he has made a call. You know, I'm a veteran catcher. 
I'm saying that's a strike. Do you really not want to call that a strike? A little gamesmanship, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely think that. Probably. Well, and, and it, to run that point and add on to it, I mean, he does that when the ball is sort of even slightly outside. But like you said, the it's hitting his glove. Like where right. he's setting up, the ball is hitting his glove. So, the, you know, they're going to work guys away. They're going to work guys inside, whatever. So he's uh, supporting that they are throwing the ball where they need to throw the ball, even if they're not getting a call, which obviously is the way you have to pitch. I mean, you can't throw everything over the plate. Or if you don't get a strike, you know, if you don't get a call, you think you deserve, don't get discouraged too, right? I mean, we're going to keep throwing it here. That's a good pitch. You're doing what you should be doing. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, So top five and more runs, Aussie doubles, Dansby singles them home, Duval doubles, almost homers, drives Dansby home. I'm yeah. sorry, you, you mentioned that Duval got a hit. No, I know, hit, he really, he was actually on base and everything. Wanted to fall off. Yeah. He admired it a little bit. <laughs> well, it did look like it was going out for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we are at seven zip uh, when we get to the middle of the fifth. Um, bottom of the fifth, right is still dealing. Another one, two, three. And Ham, it was, it was a good point. You had texted Kurt and I, I didn't even realize it. it was, you know, I wasn't thinking it was against their... One, two, one, two, and three batters in the lineup. And it was seven pitches. Yeah. He was at 66. Uh, uh, yeah, he, I think it was like seven pitches, but he um, first pitch, like first pitch pop up, then, you know, three pitches um, to, to a ground out to the second batter, then Aguilar, I guess, was the third and struck him out on three pitches. Um, looked insane. Yeah, and not to take anything away from how he was pitching, but their approach got so bad late in that game, they later in that game. Yeah, they were all swinging for the fences, and they seemed completely demoralized. They did not have good at-bats at all. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so top six, Yimmy makes another appearance. Um, Ozuna and Darno get on, but nothing doing there. Bottom of the sixth, which would end up being... Kyle's um, final inning. He finishes. He finishes off. Um, who he faces? Six shutout innings, guys. Unbelievable. Crazy. Three hits, one walk. How many walks? Two. Two walks and seven Ks. Seven Ks. Yeah. And two days in a row where guys came out and looked shaky and looked scary right off the bat and managed to wiggle out of it. And um, from that point, they it was like the opportunity was lost to get to them. It was like when Glavin used to pitch. And if you didn't get to Glavin in the first inning, you were in for a long day. And um, we saw it uh, with both of these guys back and back. I mean, it's just, it's inconceivable. So exciting. Oh, my God. NLCS, boys. I can't even believe it. Well, I mean, all right. I get, well. We'll preview it on Sunday. Let's yes, just, yes, see. exactly. So, yeah. okay. Um, top of the seventh, nothing doing for the Braves. Bottom of the seventh, Minter makes his first appearance of the series. Two ground outs and a strikeouts and looks absolutely great doing it. Top eight, no runs. Bottom eight, Jacob Webb makes his um, first appearance of the postseason. Works around a single, but he looks great. And I don't know if you guys um, were in front of the TV in the top of the ninth they showed webb in the uh in the dugout like with both hands above his head and like banging on the top of the of the dugout and just like so 
thrilled with a towel over his head, just having the best time. Yeah, that's awesome. So great. Um, top nine, Dansby triples. Nothing else happens. Bottom nine, Shane Green comes in, finishes it off. Pache um, puts away the last out, and uh, we're going we're to going the NLCS, NLCS, boys. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's really, it's really happening. Um, all right, guys. So, look, let's talk about what the team has accomplished in these first two series right after this quick break. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, so guys, I mentioned it a little bit in the beginning of the show, right? But a, a couple guys, Freddie particularly and, and um, Snitker as well, mentioned in the post-game interviews today that like all anyone was talking about heading into the postseason was the Braves' offense, and rightly so. It was, you know, maybe the best in baseball. But the pitching, um, you know, was like otherworldly, right? Uh, a, a, a few numbers. 22 scoreless innings in the first series against the Reds. 19 scoreless innings to close out the Marlins series. There were 49 total innings across the two series. Opponents scored in only three of them, and all in one game, right? The first game against the Marlins. Uh, Braves scored 25, tw- 24 runs to the opponent's five. And some great stuff on Twitter I saw. Um, so the Braves closed out the NLDS on a 17-to-1 run after Acuna got hit in Game 1. <laughs> you know, that was from Zach Dillard at Fox Sports. Um, Sarah Langs, who's a really great um, follow on Twitter. So some, some record-breaking stuff. The Braves allowed five runs to their first five games in the postseason. That ties the 83 Orioles for second-fewest runs allowed through five games played in a single postseason. The 905 Giants allowed three. Um, the Braves are the second team in postseason history with four shutouts in their first five games of a single postseason. Again, the 1905 Giants. Um, and the Braves, with their four shutouts this postseason, tied second most by a team in a single postseason. The only other team with more were the 2016 Indians who threw five. But, you know, we've got one more series and hopefully two more. Mm-hmm. Um, we, have, I mean, we have eight more wins in us. We have, we yeah, eight more wins to go. Guys, it was just, you know, look, there was that first game against the Reds, which could not have been more tense. And, you know, once we pushed that first run across in game two against the Reds, um... And otherwise, I mean, you know, it wasn't that much nail biting. We dominated. You know, one of the um, moments that stood out for me was, actually wasn't during one of the games. It was when um, it was when I guess the game was on the MLB Network, and Frank Thomas was in the booth with A Rod and Poppy. Was that when it was the MLB game, or was that the Fox Sports game? I forget. That, which that, one that, it was. That's the Fox Sports 
post game and maybe so, so that was game one yeah. then, after game one yeah um and you know they they were all obviously talking about you know saying positive things but frank thomas was like the braves are legit and there was just this sort of like he wasn't just saying that there was like sort of sincere recognition he's like they are balanced they have great offense you know after he'd seen three games they have amazing starting pitching their bullpen is nasty 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 like they are serious contenders and he's right i mean they showed it they showed it when you know the offense was down when we were, we talked about it night to night right freddie and acuna aren't hitting and then the pitching is amazing and you get darno and Dansby hitting homers um when free doesn't have it then we just the offense erupts like all, uh, the pitching 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 right we are the defense, we talk, I mean, the, the, all those plays Ozzy made, the play that Marcakis made, right? We had some errors, but we were largely super stout, and we made the plays that we needed to make, that winning teams make. Like, we are – we yeah. showed it all. We're showing it all, right? We are, we are peaking right now. This is the kind of team we've been jealous of seeing in the postseason for the last 20 years. You know? Yep. Oh my God, look at that bullpen. It's so shut. Wow, that timely hit. And, you know, I mean, like, yeah, the Braves are doing all of that this postseason. Yeah. And now, just like, you know, Mike Tyson punch out, (laughs) we're not, it's not Glass Joe anymore, whatever. You got to go up to a level. We're going up a level from the Marlins to the Dodgers. So we need to be firing on all cylinders. Now we need, and now I'm getting into Sunday's show, whatever. You'll hear it again here and then on Sunday. <laughs> we need the pitching to be a dominant when Freddie and Acuna are dominant, when the bullpen and the defense is dominant all at once. And then we're we are just as good as the Dodgers in a lot of ways. Yeah, look, the you know, Darno carried the team offensively. Acuna um, to a lesser degree, but you know Acuna, Darn—I mean Darno, Acuna, and Dansby, right? Carried the team offensively. We had some timely hits by some other guys. I mean, no—you know, Freddie's Freddie's game winner in Game One against the Reds was as timely as possible, right? He Freddie got the the um, the runs going in Game Three today. Ozuna had some timely hits. Even Duval, who still looks as lost as can be, has had some timely hits. Ozzy had a timely hit today. Um, Riley. Riley's had some timely hits. Look, I mean, it's all the pieces are there. This is not 2018 against the Dodgers, where there was zero chance. There was less than zero chance. The best we could hope for was to win a game. This is You're not right. this is not that series coming up. And it just seems yeah. like the Braves, so many of these postseasons, the Braves have not been playing well going into the postseason and then like played their absolute worst baseball once they got to the postseason. And that first game, it was almost like the bubble was popped, you know? Yeah. Where they got they won that game. It they didn't lose that game, more importantly. Yeah. And it was just like it was this cleansing of uh this aura that has surrounded this team since 2001, you know, I mean, that it was that something was finally going to go their way, that they were going to win that game. And the momentum since then, it's just, it's a whole, the, you, they looks, I mean, they looked tense in that game one against the Reds. They've looked as loose as any team. You would think they were playing 
spring training games, you know? I mean, they're hooting and hollering. You talk about Jacob Webb doing all that stuff. I mean, there's smiles everywhere. And I know that Taking goes selfies. with winning. I know that goes with winning. But, I mean, this is just – this is like emotional release that um, a lot of these guys don't bear the burden of – all these missed opportunities in the postseason because they're too young to know any better. But, you know, Freddie Freeman knows, and he, you know, had some amazing postgame comments today just about what this meant. I Something really uh, struck me about what a great leader that Freddie Freeman is because they were asking him about the pitching and, you know, specifically the starting pitching and how, you know, we ended up in this scenario where you've got three rookies, basically, maybe Freed's not a rookie, but you know what I mean, in this situation. And he never called out Fulte or Newcomb. The only thing he said was that Soroka got hurt, and obviously that had a big impact on it, but he never threw Fulte and Newcomb under the bus and said, those guys didn't show up and were terrible, and so they left us in a lurch. I mean, it was all about positive, and I just thought, I mean, it's a little thing that you wouldn't pick up on uh, or even think about if you're not a guy who, one, is obviously a super quality human being, but two, a great leader and a guy that, you know, is enjoying probably this moment as much as anybody. Yeah. Yeah, you've got that quiet, calm leadership of Freddie. Um, Mark Hakis, we know. I mean, they talk about that a ton. You've got the childish exuberance of of Acuna, for one, right? You know, one of, you know, the OG listener, Leah, um, she had tweeted out today how great that every time they, you know, the camera pans to the Braves dugout that Acuna is like three feet out in front of the railing, waving a, a towel and just jumping up and down. Um, you've got, you know, weird, weird, awesome Ozuna added into the mix. I mean, yeah, it's just I mean, there's a lot. All that intangible stuff seems to be here, too. You know what else I loved about this series, since we're just reflecting? Sure. Um, Melanson, right? I think, um, you know, we beginning of the season, one of our, our preseason bets was, um, and this is not a reason for me to brag, but I will since I've got it and I created <laughs> it, is that we picked who we thought would have the most saves by the end of the season. Um, you know, and I picked Melanson reluctantly. And you were like, oh, that's not a bad pick because Snickers, Smith's going to come back late and he's not going to trust him. And he's, you know, old one, two, three Snicker. And, you know, and Melanson was not dominant this season. I mean, he no, was it was fine. it was a bit of a roller coaster. At it times. was a Melanson season. I think yeah. that is sort of the book on him. And um, he looked amazing. Yeah, he's been ferocious in the postseason. You know, and I mean, just like, you know, less than, you know, just very few pitches. And the, it seems like both times in both games – the announcer would be like, you're not really a strikeout guy, sort of a high to strikeout to walk ratio or whatever, walk to strikeout ratio. And then he would just strike a guy out on three nasty pitches. You know, he was just dominant. So more of that is good. More of that is good. Well, all these veteran guys in the bullpen, I mean, I, you know, hopefully they can figure out a way to retain some of this. I mean, there's going to be a lot of issues. We'll talk about this at a later show, I'm sure. But um, this is the last season, Kurt. Well, <laughs> but I mean, you have these guys that have been there and have this experience. And, you know, we saw them sort of not be great uh, during the regular season. Guys like Will Smith, who have just been 
ridiculous. Like this, they embrace this moment and they understand it because they've been there. And that's why uh, clearly he went out and, you know, cobbled this, this bullpen together with these guys. I mean, a guy like Darren O'Day, he was spent his career playing for the, the Orioles, but has this experience, you know, I mean, and it just bringing it all there, the wealth of, uh, what that bullpen is bringing to this team, I, I it just cannot be overlooked. So deep too. I mean, and Shane Green's Shane Green has been shaky, but um, there was also long stretches of the season where he was the best reliever, the best guy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and he was another like you know took him from the Tigers, just sort of saw the opportunity to snatch him up and and sort of make him part of this. And credit to Anthopolis for sort of a long term view of building this dominant bullpen yeah a bunch of groundwork laid last um trade deadline for sure yep yep um you know snicker talked in the post game uh today it's like look we're going to be back out there tomorrow there are guys that need to pitch we got to keep ready we got to keep the muscles moving uh you know they've done a great job with the bubble but i don't want everybody just sitting in the hotel room uh you know for the next three days we're going to get out there and we're going to keep working and i just love it Monday, boys. Monday. Guys, so much like uncharted territory for us <laughs> in the last season, right? I mean, one, we're actually talking about a postseason series win. We're now talking about a second postseason series win. We're headed to the NLCS. Um, we're doing what seemed like a good idea with these same day post game wrap ups. I didn't quite count on, you know, making it to the NLCS and how late everything <laughs> was going to start getting. <laughs> you know, now that we're talking about it, these these two p.m. starts are fine. Yes, everybody, going to be really inconvenient. <laughs> and now another five minute show. Without yeah, Kurt, right. Without and now another five minute show in the seventh <laughs> inning. Yes. It'll be dropping around one o'clock. <laughs> I'm joined by no one tonight again. <laughs> Ham was supposed to show up. <laughs> He's not answering texts. <laughs> Kurt, that snoring is Kurt on the couch. <laughs> but my God, how great. I mean, just so great. So NLCS, look, it would be terrific if the Dodgers just didn't sweep tonight it's it's one nothing right now top of the second and they've got runners on first and second with one out yeah i mean it was a it was a tough game for the padres last night right for the for bellinger's robbing of that tatis home run which would have put them ahead and then almost getting to jansen in the ninth um but not being able to come back i mean that's a gut punch of a game on the flip side nice to see jansen be really shaky and maybe lose the uh the closers roll, but more of that or, on Sunday, or keep the closers roll until we make him lose it permanently. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, we talked about this yesterday after the show. At some point, the Dodgers are not going to make it back to the World Series. I mean, the Braves were such a dominant team in the '90s, the best team in the '90s, um, and you know, they lost to far inferior teams like the Phillies and the Padres. And I'm not saying the Braves are a far inferior team to the Dodgers, but But the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Absolutely. I mean, they just are, but, but it's just not, 
There is no foregone conclusion. Um, making no. it to whatever this would be, four is that four World Series in a row or three World Series in a row? I can't even remember, but that's really hard to they do. They didn't make it last year. The Nationals did. Oh, right. right. True. Well, then that blows my theory completely out of the water. Sorry. They're due. 2019. They're due. They're due again. Yeah. <laughs> if only everyone had a $500 million payroll. It does help. All right, guys. You can only put nine guys on the field and put one pitcher out at a time, just like us, right? I mean, not to sound all cliche and everything, but all this depth and all like the redundancy they have is great over a long season. Um, and but it's it's nine guys against nine guys, or you know, ten with the designated hitter asterisk. But um, that's what it is, and I feel like we match up pretty well, especially when we're playing like we're playing now. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the box score. They haven't hit great this postseason. They've got like three guys that are batting over 250. Um, Betts, Seager, and Muncie. So, you know, I mean, it's not like, yeah, I mean, it might turn around for them just like it might turn around for us where we've had guys that haven't really produced. But, you know, it's the same scenario. They've they've got a, a long offensive lineup and they've got guys that aren't producing. So you just got to limit it to holding them down to a couple of guys and obviously keeping it in the park. They hit tons of home runs and making sure that we score some runs. That That would be, that would also help. All right, guys, that is the show. We will be back on Sunday in our regular slot to preview the NLCS, a phrase we've never uttered on this show. (laughs) All right, remember you can find us at Spreaker, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. You can always find us at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at ATL Baseball Talk and to like us on Facebook. Thanks again for listening and go Braves! Thanks for listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. To find new shows, to post in our forum, or to send a comment, please visit us at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com. Had to admit the problem. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.